of the most colorful world that you'll ever see. And that's really up to you. You have to decide that for yourself. Hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. I am your host, Monica Yates, the period whisperer, a trauma healer, and an embodiment coach for both men and women. Well, obviously periods just for women. I am a double Sagittarius, a rising Gemini, an Enneagram 8, and a generator. I know, it's a lot. I'm here for it. I help women to get into their magnetic as fuck feminine energy and for men to feel ecstasy and intimacy. In these episodes, I love to talk about things that people are thinking but too afraid to say, as well as educating you on everything that I know in this brain, body, and soul of mine. You can find all the ways to work with me on my website. And with that, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. So I'm excited to be recording. Sorry that I didn't get an episode done last week, um, but I've honestly was just busy enjoying my life and skiing and having so much fun. Um, So it just wasn't really on my agenda, but also I was busy writing my book after skiing every day. So I really was in my book flow of writing and I wasn't really in the flow of talking um, and doing a podcast. So I'm back in New York now. There is so much snow. It is absolutely beautiful. I've had a morning in Central Park. And I have been, um, you know, hanging out with friends. We got into like a massive fucking snowball fight. It was really, really fun. And then I just had a really intense acupuncture session and we did like heaps of muscle release because my muscles are obviously really overworked and tight from skiing so much. So we didn't even get to my whole body because my muscles were that tight. So we're having another session tomorrow. Anyway, today's episode, we are talking about labels and how they can be really fucking damaging and how they can stop you from your growth, achieving your goals, X, Y, and Z. So I feel like everyone these days just has a fucking label for something. It's like, I have this, you have this, whatever. And people use labels as really a way for them to actually feel like it makes you feel like a weight's been taken off your shoulders and therefore you don't have to keep finding the root or fixing the problem. It's like, oh, I have a label. It's like a, like a label now has almost become like a solution, if that makes sense, because people feel validated by their label and so therefore they stop digging or they stop finding a solution. Um, whereas sometimes when you don't have a, have a label, you keep having this like fighting urge in you to find the solution. So examples of labels can be, you know, little things like blaming your Zodiac sign for like being avoidant to all the way, you know, of being like, you know, I have anxiety and therefore I can't do X, Y, and Z, right? It's, it's using your late, the damaging part is when people use their label to excuse something, It can be a label that society has given you. It can be a label that you place on yourself as a fuck you to society. It can be a label that you put on yourself or that a doctor has put on you. It can be a label that, you know, um, it's been put on you when you were a child. It doesn't matter what it is, but when you label things, you limit things. Oh, that's a fucking chicken nugget. When you label things, when you label yourself, you limit yourself. That's what it's going to be. Chicken nugget. When you label yourself, you limit yourself. Someone frame that shit. So when you're constantly labeling your things, the reason why it blocks you from being free and from feeling like you can achieve whatever you want to achieve is because you put yourself in your own fucking box right? You limit yourself by being like, well, because I have this, I can't do X, Y, Z. Or, you know, because I suffer from whatever you suffer from, you know, that's the reason why I, um, 
you know, can't go back to work or, you know, um, what's another example? Um, or, you know, your shitty work ethic. It's like, oh, well, I have anxiety. And whilst I'm not like trigger warning, I should, that's obviously just a given. You're going to, if you gonna listen to one of my podcasts, it's a fucking given that's going to be a trigger warning. So what I was saying is that, you know, trigger warning that obviously I'm going to be saying things like, you know, the label of anxiety, the label of depression. I don't, I'm not gaslighting your experience. I'm not saying that you don't suffer from anxiety. I'm not saying that at all because obviously you have it. It's what I want you to be aware of, kind of like the victim one that triggered a lot of people, but was really good is how you are limiting yourself because you're attaching and holding on to the comfort that this label gives you. So the label can be like, you know, for example, you, you know, you excuse yourself from a crappy work ethic because of your anxiety or one that I heard from a past assistant was, you know, the seasonal affective disorder. And that's why I'm struggling with work. And that's why I'm, you know, not putting a lot of effort into my appearance. I, that's not a fucking excuse. Right. So people use these excuses as a way, it's a cop out. It's a, it's a, it's a procrastination tool is what it is. It's a procrastination tool and it's a cop out. And I truly believe that social media, the media, FOMO, you know, fear of missing out, that is fear of missing out, the comparison that people have. And even if you're not aware of it, we're all, we're all subconsciously comparing ourselves anyway, but social media has meant that it's very easy to compare yourself. And it's these, this, this addiction to like dopamine because of Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and whatever. It's constant wanting, this constant desire of getting pleasure from something is constant pleasure hits. And what happens is that we're also at the same time looking for cop-outs when we're not feeling that pleasure, right? So I'm going to give a really basic example, right? Who feels a million more times productive and better about themselves when they have met a really cute guy and he's pursuing them, or you've met a really cute girl and, and she's really receiving your pursuit, right? You feel more productive. You have more energy in your system. Therefore you get more work done. And then as soon as that's not happening and you feel a little bit sad because you're addicted, addicted to the hit all the time, right? And which you're getting from outside yourself instead of inside yourself, when you're not getting that hit all the time, what then happens is your productivity, for example, declines. And what I'm then, what I then see is that people then blame it on something rather than taking responsibility and being fucking productive. They blame it on something as a way to ensure that they don't have to blame themselves. So if you blame your label, then you're not blaming yourself. Then you don't have to fix yourself right? If you blame your anxiety, then you don't need to look at it because it's like, oh, well, I have anxiety. That's why I can't do this. Instead of you actually looking at the problem. Or if you blame your, you know, PCOS, that gives you an excuse for not looking deeper into your skin issues, for example. Like, oh, I have PCOS. That's why. It's this blaming that actually gives us a sense of validation. And these days we're all really fucking addicted to our validation. So then with this constant blaming for this sense of validation, it's also procrastination at the same time. It's also self-sabotage at the exact same time, at the exact same time as all of this. So the theme is really self-awareness, right? The more self-awareness you have, the less you're going to do of this and the less you're going to self-sabotage. But when you don't have self-awareness, you can put yourself in these boxes of like, oh, well, I'm not very emotional. Well, I'm a Sagittarius. And I want to preface that like when I say, oh, I'm a double Sag or whatever, I I say it in a joking way. I don't use that as an excuse. I will use it as sarcasm, 
you know, and I think it's like kind of a pop culture thing now to be using those things as kind of like sarcasm, like, oh, well, I'm a type of Enneagram, like, oh, I'm a Sag or oh, I'm a Gemini or oh, I'm a fucking Pisces or whatever. We use it as a bit of a joking way and that I'm like totally here for. Like we don't need to make life fucking serious and like, ugh, I just hate all the rules these days. So like I'm here for using our zodiac signs when when needed, right, whatever. And no, I would never use like, you know, the fact that I can be messy sometimes, I would never use the cop out of what well, I'm a Sagittarius. I'm never going to clean because the reality is that I actually really like having a fucking clean place. Like everybody likes having a clean place, right? Clear space, clear mind, whatever the fucking phrase is. I really like having a clear space. So when you use the phrase, for example, like, oh, well, I'm a Sag or oh, I'm an Aries or oh, I'm a Leo. So like, I don't know whether all those signs are messy, but whatever, I'm just going to put all the fire signs together. So that's why I'm messy and you use it seriously it's actually a self-sabotage and kind of like cop-out tool instead of bringing in the self-awareness of being like, well, I can, and this is the self-awareness piece. I actually can work very well in mess. I've got no issue in mess. Some people like they couldn't have sex in mess. They couldn't fucking work in mess. They couldn't concentrate in mess. Uh, mess doesn't really affect me. And I love a tidy space and I will pull my fucking socks up and actually clean my space because I know that I want the intended outcome. I know that I want the intended outcome. And this kind of like loops in a bit with procrastination and what I'm saying here of like, when you slap a label on yourself all the times, you don't, all the time, you don't even get to stop and think of, do I want the results? Do I want the result? And am I willing to be a little bit uncomfortable and to shift a few things inside of myself and energetically in order to get the result that I want. Because if you're not willing to shift a few things inside of yourself to get the result that you want, then you're not going to get what you want. You're not going to get the life that you want to be having if you're not willing to move a few things. And the labels are fantastic because it's allowed people to stay stuck and therefore continue to rely on external sources of power to make themselves feel safe, healthy, validated enough. For example, you go to your doctor, you have PCOS. Oh, I have PCOS. Uh, what do I do now? Well, now you have to go on the pill. Oh, okay. I'll go on the pill. Sense of empowerment, right? Okay. This is going to solve it. Cool. You go on the pill and you keep having the same problems anyway on the pill, or you try and fall pregnant and you can't fall pregnant because the pills fuck your fertility or the pills fuck your cycle up. And then you go off the pill and you can't get your cycle back. And you guys all know the drill from listening to my period episodes. Right. And so what happens is you keep looking to your doctor for the, the, the solutions and you continue to outsource your sense of power and self and like body autonomy essentially is like you outsource it to somebody else rather than the person that doesn't live by labels and instead is like I have this problem I'm gonna fix it right and then when it's fixed they feel this sense of solution as I feel like it's the wrong way, whatever they feel, they feel the sense of solution from inside themselves. And then that creates a really powerful motivational force where then they keep rising because they create this sense of self-motivation rather than looking at somebody else for a sense of self-motivation. And it's never then getting to a root thing. You're constantly outsourcing your power. I'm going to use another example. Let's say you put a label on yourself of, or someone's put a label on you of like, you have anxiety. I have anxiety. So I, you know, I, I can't exercise today or whatever. I'm going to use it. I can't go to work today. I've, my anxiety is really bad, right? I've got anxiety. No, I've got a better one. I 
can't date somebody that is really independent because I have really bad anxiety. Just that in itself is so disempowering, right? And it's like, okay, so then I'm only going, no, then it's going to be like, okay, so I've met this great guy and he's really independent. My anxiety is through the fucking roof. Let me go to my doctor and I will, I'll use a different example from a doctor. Let me go to my therapist and I'm going to go to her every day so I can keep this relationship going. Okay. Now what happens is you talk, go to your talk therapist and you talk, you talk, you talk, you talk, and you feel good until the next day. And then you talk, 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 and then you feel good until the next day rolls around and you feel shit again. So you go to your therapist and keep talking. And what this does is you continue to outsource this sense of safety to your therapist rather than yourself. Quick little interruption, guys. My Boundaries Masterclass Part 1 and Part 2 is fucking fire. You guys know that I am the Boundaries Queen. If you haven't already gotten it, it will change your life. It is an hour. I know it might only be an hour for some of you and you're like, oh my God, it's an hour and $166. It is an hour that will change the rest of your life and that you can refer back to a million and one times. Frankly, for the shit that you get in that hour, I would pay thousands for years ago. Like, Literally, some of the sentences that I say, I'm like, that sentence is $166. Like, it is just so fucking jam-packed with goodness. And I'm not just saying that because it's like my shit. Like, it is so good. It is so fucking good. Like, oh my God, I wish I had this shit years ago. So if you haven't gotten the Boundaries Masterclass, part one and part two, you can buy them separately. So you can start with part one. And then if you want to get part two, you can. It is fire. And I really think you should get on it. Like if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't already bought it, I'm telling you right now, you obviously need it because you keep listening to my podcast. So if you haven't bought it, you need it. And if you were in any of my past programs, it's different content and more succinct and more refined and more like structured than just doing one of my programs like Queen Alchemy or if you did the Mastermind years ago or Baba. And quite a few girls came to the live call when I recorded it and they were like that was so good on top of x y and z program so make sure that you come it will change your life part one part two sold separately you can buy one and then buy the other the better solution would be like I met this great guy and this is going to motivate me to fucking fix my anxiety and you go to me let's say and you fix you go to someone different that's actually going to fix it and you fix your anxiety and then you have solved the problem within yourself you are then self-motivated and you don't outsource your power to me for example you've come to me for guidance to connect back to your own sense of power you've healed it you're like oh my god I did this I've got this. I give you the tools and I make sure that you're fine to be without me. That's really, really key in my practice. If you have, you do not want to rely on me. Like, no, like you need to be totally fine by yourself. That's really important because I don't want anyone to outsource their power to me or be reliant on me because it's just not good for you. Anyway, and you fix your anxiety and then you fucking date this great guy. Look at that. Happy days. Now, this is great for us people that are like, yes, empower yourself, right? Men and women but it's not great for big pharmaceutical companies because it doesn't make them any money, right? So society has created an environment where once you get sucked into a loop, you stay in that loop, right? Society and the media has done an amazing job at creating loops for us where we give our power to somebody else and essentially somebody else makes the decisions for us we believe them and we are like disempowered children believing a big fucking parent and the parent is the media or big pharma. And then you constantly rely on the parent or, 
you know, also the parent, you constantly rely on the parent for your sense of self and your validation, if that makes sense. Now, I put an Instagram box up on my Instagram a couple of days ago uh, when I was skiing, saying like, guys, what should I talk about my podcast this week? I've got so many ideas, blah, blah, blah. And one of the really, really, really common things that was written down is, Monica, can you please talk about your thoughts on this trend of non-binary and trans? That is going to be a whole fucking topic in my book because it's so... I, I will do a podcast on it once I've written the chapter because I want to like get my thoughts out first. Um, but I love that so many of you asked about this and I did mention it in, in a podcast titled Let Men Be Men, Let Women Be Women. And it would be around the middle-ish of last year. I'm going to say around August of... Sorry, August of 2020 it will be around. Anyway, and in essence... I'm not going to go into the full topic of it, but sometimes, not always, but a lot of the time, my concern is that the non-binary is another example of a label where people feel empowered because it's a fuck you to the patriarchy or whatever they want to say, or it's a fuck you to like, you know, the media or, you know, the world and, and politics or whatever the fuck they say that, um, that has made gender like a stereo as stereotype gender. And it's like, and they, and they say that gender is fluid, but when you look at it, it's like gender isn't fucking fluid. Like hormonally you're a man or a woman and that's it. Like your gender is based on your genitals and your hormonal, um, your hormonal system and how much testosterone you have versus estrogen, which is essentially, you know, a woman versus a man. And whilst there is a very, 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 almost nothing minute population that's born with half and half I'm not adding that into the argument so when it comes to you know some of the trends these days and some of you would be like these aren't trends this is real I understand that for some people this feels real yes and that's not a trend and they're doing this from like what feels right for them not because it's trendy I talk about this in my book the concern also though is that a lot of what I see is people that are avoiding, right? Again, a label allows you to avoid, avoiding their trauma instead of being like, let me just first fix all my shit and then decide if I still want to put myself in this group of people. Because really when people are constantly labeling themselves, this labeling, whatever you're labeling yourself as, right? Whether it's a Sagittarius, whether it's a fucking non-binary, whether it's I have anxiety, I have infertility, whatever you're labeling yourself as, it puts you in a box and it allows you to be avoidant to the problems under that label. If the label is a problem, right? I can label myself saying I'm a trauma healer. That's a different label. We're talking about labels that have, that, that are avoiding a, avoiding a problem, let's say. And most labels, they allow for avoidance. And when you allow for avoidance, you then have people that aren't actually in their truth. They think they're in their truth. They're led to believe they're in their truth, but they're not actually in their truth because they haven't fully gone in and done all the trauma healing. They've actually taken a really easy way out of avoidance. Like if you were given the option of put a label on and avoid that fucking trauma or really go into the trauma, I feel a lot of fucking pain and then decide what you want to do, people are going to take the first one, they're going to take the avoidance because avoiding something is easier than facing it. 
And we are in a society these days for most of us where we're lazy. We don't want to do the hard work. We don't want to go through the hard part of relationships. We don't want to put the effort in. We don't want to have to, you know, spend 40 minutes making our meals. We don't want to have to work out. We don't want to have to walk to work. We don't want to have to wait for our internet to load. We've got no patience. And because we have no patience, it causes us to take an avoidant route because avoiding something is faster than facing it. And if avoiding something is faster than facing it, then people are going to slap a label on themselves if it means they've essentially saved themselves some fucking heartache and they've saved themselves some mental battle, if that makes sense. And if you can avoid things by being like, oh, well, I'm a Sag or like, so that's why I'm fucking, I don't know, non-committal or, you know, oh, well, I'm a, you know, I have anxiety. That's why I can't date. Or I have depression. That's why I can't go out. Or um, I have, and I understand there is obviously a level of these things where like some people really have it badly. I get that. But again, people then, let's say you've got a really, really bad case of depression. I'm not denying that. Do you then keep harping on of, well, I have depression, I have depression, I have depression, because that's a victim mentality that is still putting yourself behind a label of avoidance instead of being like, I have depression and I'm going to fucking fix this. I want to fix this. That is very different energy to, well, I have depression. So the labels are really damaging, right? It can be a label of, you know, well, my parents are divorced, so I'm going to be divorced. That's a label. It can be a label of, you know, um, I'm a New Yorker, so I can't live anywhere else. Like whatever the situation is, obviously sometimes we use it as in a funny way. I'm not denying that. Like we don't need to be so serious, but there's a lack of openness. There's a lack of open mind. There's a lack, there's a lack of open mindedness and there's a lack of curiosity in people. And this lack of curiosity is also linked with a lack of patience and a lack of wanting to try and get to the end result of something. So people don't want to try in relationships. They don't want to try with dating. They don't want to wait. So I don't know. This is fucking inspirational. I'm going to listen back to this to myself. Anyway, but putting this label allows you to hide behind the label and it's an excuse for not growing into the version of yourself that you want. It's an excuse for not growing. It's an excuse for not looking at your shit. It's an excuse for not doing any work on yourself. And it's a really good defense mechanism right? It's a really good defense mechanism. And these days people always want to cop out. And I swear to God, it's gotten worse since COVID, right? The laziness, the social ineptness has gotten worse since COVID, like 2020 that is. And it is a defense mechanism. People use it as a way to not have to do something that's a little bit challenging or a little bit out of their comfort zone or like a little bit of effort. It's like, oh, I can't be bothered. Fucking put the label on it, right? Can't be bothered. Like, oh, I've got anxiety tonight. Instead of being like, I'm feeling a little bit anxious tonight and I'm still going to go out anyway, for example. So the laziness is linked. I mean, you see this in people's work, right? A lot of young people are very lazy when it comes to work too. Not everybody, obviously, but a lot of people are. People want to be spoon fed these days. Young people want to be spoon fed. And, and people that have just been like damaged by society and social media and the apps and like the fast food and like the takeaway and whatever it is. It's this damaging effect where people want everything so fast. And as soon as something's a little bit challenging or they have to put a little bit of effort behind it, they want to cop out. And labels are a really great cop out and a really great defense mechanism. I'm going to use another one. 
there are no good men on dating apps, so I'm not going to date. It's so hard to date. Fuck dating, right? Or like, I'm just going to be single forever. They, they'll put a label on dating of it's too hard or all men are this. Like, that's also a label. Like, I'm, that's a really good example. All men are this, right? There are no good men out there. That's a really, really good label of there are no good men out there as a defense mechanism for you being single and you being unhappy. And it's also a really good defense mechanism and an avoidant tactic for you not having to put any work in, right? Put any work into your beliefs around men, put any healing, healing work into, put any work into healing your relationship with men, but also you don't have to put any work into dating because all men are X or there are no good men out there, if that makes sense. And it's a fantastic way for you to avoid feeling the depths of your pain, right? When someone says there are no good men out there, it's just that person is really fucking hurting. They have a massive amount of hurt about men. And instead of looking at that and fixing that and by clearing it, holding the high, actually being able to hold the highest vision for themselves and attract in that person, that's what happens when you clear the fucking shit. Instead of them being able to do that, they it's easier to be like, there are no good men out there. It's much easier to hold on to that than to feel the depths of your pain. That shit ain't pretty. I'm not going to fucking sugarcoat it for you guys. That stuff ain't pretty. But you need to learn to see beauty in the pain. When you can see beauty in the pain and the struggle and you can see beauty in you know the hard times and you can focus on that end outcome, the journey becomes so beautiful because it's human. It's not perfect. Fuck a perfect journey. I want a human journey. I want a human journey. I want to feel the ups and the downs because the downs allow me to feel the ups, right? Those moments where things feel a little bit, uh, allows me to really cherish the moments that feel like fucking bliss. When things don't feel human, they feel fake. And then that's where you're like, when's the fucking shoe going to drop? Because it feels fake. But when you allow there to be pure fucking humanness, it feels real and it feels raw and it feels inviting. And what I urge you guys to understand is that don't try and avoid the human experience. Don't try and avoid the shit. Don't try and avoid the feelings. Instead, I want you to fucking feel it and actually be turned on by the idea of fucking healing this shit. Because it's really can be, it can be a very pleasurable experience. And like maybe my clients will deny the first few sessions they'd so fucking pleasurable. But the but you do that for the pleasure that is on the other side. Because the pleasure is the pleasure is indescribable on the other side. And really you have to decide on the other side. And really you have to decide, do I want to experience that pleasure or do I want to still stay, do I want to stay living in this mediocre half-assed life because I'm just too afraid and too entitled and too whatever to deal with a few weeks of fucking pain for years, years of the most colorful world that you'll ever see. And that's really up to you. You have to decide that for yourself. Damn, I feel like this is some fucking motivational shit you have to decide this for yourself. So ladies and gentlemen, please, please, please take away the fucking labels. Notice where you're labeling yourself. Decide from now on, I'm going to do the work to get, to get rid of these labels. I'm not even, I'm not even going to just like disown the labels and be like, oh, they're not mine anymore, whatever. I'll just deal with it, but I'm not going to label myself. I'm actually going to fix what's beneath that label. So I never have to be like, oh yeah, I have anxiety or, oh yeah, I have PCOS or, oh yeah, I hate being single or not. That's not a label. What would be another one? Oh yeah, there's no good woman out there. or there's no good men out there. I don't even have to worry about that anymore because that's not even true for me. That's not true anymore. And I want that to be a reality for you where that's not true, where, where whatever those labels are right now, they're not true for you in three months time. 
Now, for you to get that, you have to make a decision, obviously, to fucking heal what's beneath that. So ladies, Queen Alchemy is open, um, already over half full. Please make sure that you book your space in. Otherwise, you'll have to wait till the second half of the year. Men, the man is rocking and rolling and it is so amazing. I cannot wait to do another round of it. Just make sure you're on the wait list so that you can get the next, be in the next round of the man, or you can be a one-on-one client. I have two spaces left for one-on-one for the rest of the year. We sign August ladies or men, you can be a one-on-one client. If you want one of those spaces, please make sure you let me know. I also have my New York City immersion. It is for ladies only at this point. So um, if you want to come to my New York City immersion, there are still a few tickets available. I'm so excited for that as well. There are just so many amazing opportunities for you to work with me. As I always say, if you don't know what's the right choice, I got all my courses as well. Um, But those courses aren't trauma healing, right? Just FYI. Trauma healing has live stuff because obviously the trauma healing needs to be live. Otherwise, that'd be really unethical. Um, If you don't know which one to do, please just send me a message. Um, a DM or an email being like, Hey Monica, this is my situation. What do I need to do? And I will give you a breakdown of what needs to be done in terms of programs. And then you can go from there. Um, yeah, all the testimonials on the website, you guys can read all of them. I just want you to know that I'm here for you and I want to help you. So please make sure that you, um, reach out, like stop sitting in victimhood, stop sitting in the labels, stop just listening, stop just listening to the podcast and hoping one day this will be you and actually take action and make make this your reality today, right? Just fucking send me a message and get the ball rolling. Um, book is going so well, 70,000 words and counting. This book is going to fucking blow your bums off. And I cannot wait for it to be out. If any of you guys know a really great book agent, can you please let me know? Because I need a really good book agent. Um, or if any of you guys have any links with book agents, like contacts, publishers, that would be a really great to hear from you. Um, I'd love to have like some rapport already. That's always really nice to have. Makes you feel looked after, like there's a, like there's a connection there and whatnot, because I am in the market for a great book agent and publisher. I'm going to leave it there with you guys. Please share the podcast on your Instagram story. I really appreciate that value exchange. It goes a long way. Trust me. And I will see you on Instagram. Instagram.